Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Jen and Travis Stitt about their vow renewal at Luau Point at Walt Disney World. I thought you guys would be interested to hear how they decided to have a vow renewal and how they chose Disney and how it all worked out. So welcome, Jen and Travis. Hey, how's it going? We're so excited to be here. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I would love to find out how you guys decided that you wanted to renew your wedding vows. Renewing our vows is always something that we wanted to do. And we both do wedding photography as our career. So since we spend most of our time celebrating with people for their wedding, for our 10th wedding anniversary, we knew we wanted to do something big for ours. And we're Disney Vacation Club members. And Jen and I's relationship started to some degree with a trip to Disney way back in college. So we just felt that it, it just was the right thing to do is to invite some of our closest friends and family and renew our vows in Disney. That's wonderful. Now, how did they react when they found out that you were going to do a vow renewal at Disney? Oh, my gosh. Our friends were over the moon excited. They've been asking us ever since we did our vow renewal if we can renew our vows for our 11-year anniversary, our 12-year anniversary, and our 13-year anniversary. (laughs) That's great. So because sometimes people are are worried, you know, I want to have a vow renewal, but I'm worried nobody's going to come because they're going to be like, it's not a real wedding. We already went to your wedding. So you didn't run into any of that? No, not really. It was also one of these things where we didn't necessarily have expectations to have 60 or 70 people come. We ended up having, how many you say, Jen? About 25 people, I think. And we only invited maybe 30. So the majority of them definitely came. So we knew we were keeping it small. And it was also one of these where over the last 10 years of our lives, necessarily the the family that we had definitely came to our original wedding, but a lot of the friends changed over the last 10 years. So a lot of the friends that we had uh, who came to the vow renewal that we had known for a very good period of time were not at our wedding. So they were very excited for this kind of idea that they could, I think, maybe go back in time a little bit and, and celebrate that with us again. That's interesting. That's a really good point. Yeah, it's a great way to celebrate with new friends as well. Now, did you guys choose to set up a room block? We did set up a room block. We chose to have our guest stay at the Polynesian, Coronado Springs, and I think it was Art of Animation, though I don't think anybody actually stayed there. Ah, interesting. Okay. Now, how did you choose the day of the week and time of day for your event? Was it your actual anniversary? Our family tradition for Travis and I is to go to Disney in January. For many, many years, we've gone to Disney right around his birthday. So we decided that because of the lower attendance at the parks, typically in January, and a lull in our schedule, that January would be the perfect time for us. Got it. So when it came to the day of the week, what we were looking to do was, and actually I'm trying to recall what day of the week it was. It was a Tuesday, Wednesday? Ultimately, I'm not sure it's the best answer. We picked the cheapest day of the week, but I don't think Disney does it that way anymore. 
<laughs> Actually, yeah, Tuesday and Wednesday are still the cheapest, and a lot of people do pick them for that reason. <laughs> that was one of the main factors. It was also one of the reasons the way we set up our room block is what we wanted to do was make sure that we provided kind of a wide range of economic options to our guests so no one felt that they were necessarily stretching their budget or in an uncomfortable situation. We told all of our friends and family it was just just your attendance and even if it's just the day of was it. That's all we were looking for and, and excited just to have them there. So we definitely were looking at it from kind of an economic factor as well but then we also were looking at it as saying how it aligned with a weekend as well as kind of a work structure and it was actually a Tuesday now that I'm talking about it. Because what the thinking was is it allowed for people to fly in over the weekend. And then if they wanted to fly back actually Wednesday morning back to Philadelphia where we're from, there's some very early morning flights. They could get in a pretty decent day of work on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So they were only were taking maybe one or two days off from work. And we actually had a very close friend of ours come in the weekend before and we spent the weekend with him. And he actually wasn't able to attend the actual day of. But I use as an example that it still made sense with our planning that um, people who were important to us could still come in and uh, enjoy and hang out. That's really great advice. How did you choose the ceremony and celebration venue? We're Disney Vacation Club members, so we ended up picking the Polynesian as our home resort for our vacation club points because we love it. We love Hawaii. We love, it's like our spirit place. So when we picked a location for the ceremony, the Polynesian was perfect. It had a really intimate ceremony location kind of covered by the trees in case of warm sun or being blocked away from the hustle and bustle of the resort itself. And then for the reception, we ended up picking the California Grill because we both love to eat. <laughs> yes. So when we were looking at reception locations, we looked at it from a very pragmatic point of view. We were considering at the start of it Animal Kingdom was actually one of the main ones. However, we had a wide range of guests. We had like less than one-year-olds the whole way up to people in their, their mid to late 70s. So we wanted to make sure that access to bathrooms, the time of day, things of that nature were really important to us. And Disney was phenomenal with this, by the way. As we were going from location to location and talking about each one, we were definitely finding pros and cons with a lot of the parks. We then kind of took a step back and we said, well, what is really important to us? And we love food. We love wine. All of our friends and family are big foodies. And we kind of thought, well, what is some of the best experiences that we have with friends and family? And it really wasn't necessarily per the location. It was about the concept of getting together and having a really awesome, good meal. So when we kind of brought that up to Disney, the California Grill on top of the Contemporary, they were like, oh, this is your place. So we went over there and looked at it. And it, it, it was. The view overlooking the Seven Seas in the park is absolutely ridiculous at sunset. The food is amazing, um, as everybody knows. And then it's a big piece of that. At fireworks time, we had a private, basically, viewing balcony um, on top of the contemporary that all of our friends and family could go out. So when you kind of put all that together, that really created an incredible experience for our friends and family that really would be kind of a once-in-lifetime experience versus saying there's nothing wrong with this saying picking an off time in a park where maybe it wasn't necessarily as easy of an experience i see okay so now sometimes people are worried about california grill because it says that the menus can't be modified but in practice there are ways to grab things from different menus and move things around 
How did you guys do with the planning of the menu? I think it went quite well. I mean, that was, it, it is something to consider. At the same time, we were fortunate that the menu that they presented to us, I'd say for about 90% of it, is what we were looking for. I mean, it was basically the California Grill's greatest hits. So it had the pork chop on it. We ordered some flatbreads as an appetizer. It kind of naturally rolled into what we were looking for, um, which is the California Grill's greatest hits and give that experience. But with that being said, though, when it came to dessert in particular, since it was a vow renewal, we really weren't looking to have a cake. It was just something where it really wasn't high on our spending list. And we knew that desserts were just so amazing at the California Grill. There's no reason to bring in a cake. So we definitely went with the dessert trio, if you will, which is a massively huge hit. And actually, I think the bigger hit was the dessert trio for the children where it looked like sushi, right? Yeah, it was actually, it looked like sushi, but it was all desserts. And it came with chopsticks to the degree where some of the adults wanted to trade theirs in for the kids. But then what we made a request was, we love the confectionery on Main Street, was is there a way that we could get their sugar cookies and cookies from the confectionery at Main Street along with the dessert trio at the California Grill? And they said, absolutely. So we had tons of desserts. So I wouldn't say that we necessarily modified the menu because, again, it aligned with what we were looking for. But we definitely added in our own personal twists into things. And Disney was very accommodating with our requests of something that tied directly back into uh, the Magic Kingdom itself. That's so great to hear. So did you guys add any kind of entertainment to your reception? So we ended up hiring the jazz trio that Disney offers for just ambiance and music. And it was absolutely beautiful and absolutely amazing. And again, because it was kind of renewal and where we were located, we really weren't expecting a lot of dancing or having a dance crowd. We weren't doing a first dance. We weren't doing any of that. So what we were focusing on in particular was that ambiance where we knew that cocktail hour to hour and a half was going to be really important. We knew that the majority of things and we even tried to focus on the table setup was to allow people to really kind of get up and mingle and move around the room. So from an entertainment perspective, we didn't really think a DJ brought in kind of the ambiance we were looking for. It definitely didn't bring the class that we were looking for when they said that they had a jazz trio, which we're pretty big music people and we like jazz and like a lot of in-person music that just was perfect. And they, they were great. They were fun and they were making little jokes and they were kind of playing with, with music and everything toward the end of the evening. And, and um, they did a phenomenal job of just kind of tying everything together and feeling out the room. That's great to hear. I do see a lot of questions from people about, you know, what's it like to have the jazz trio? So I'm glad to hear that it worked really well for you. So what were some of the most important aspects when you were planning where you focused your budget or your attention? Great question. So being wedding photographers ourselves, we, we put a heavy emphasis on photography. That was definitely something that was very important to us. It was one of these things where we don't necessarily have a lot of photos of ourselves. So we wanted to definitely spend the time in our day in order to have really good photography and make sure that we could click with a photographer who would kind of get our vibe and our family's vibe and be able to capture it. So from a budget perspective, I would definitely say they were probably our single single greatest expenditure, if you're talking from a kind of a vendor point of view. So who did you guys use for your photography? 
We ended up using the most adorable couple you've ever met in your entire life um, who are local to Orlando, the Root Photography Company. That was one of our main things. I would then also say is that quality of food was definitely second on that list. We were kind of joking with our friends and family that if you're going to travel 2,800 miles, you know, it's not going to be for any catered to buffet food. It's going to be for really, really good food. And that was one of the reasons we went to California Grill was because we knew that what was coming out of the kitchen is exactly what you would get if you were sitting right in their dining room. So that was, uh, from a budgetary focus, a major concern. And then I, I would say, as, as vain as this definitely sounds, because photography was important, and I think it's important for Jen to be able to pamper herself, it was definitely, I would say, hair and makeup was definitely something else that we spent money on. Uh, we have a phenomenal hair and makeup artist that we work with a lot up here in the Philadelphia region. So we actually brought him with us down so we could make sure that uh, Jen and myself looked phenomenal for all the days while we were there to help kind of tie all of this together. And we we offered their services to all of our friends and family as well. So it wasn't just our vanity going through the roof. And he's a good friend of ours, so it was very nice for he could come as well. That's fantastic. And then which aspects were less important where you saved some money or just saved your effort? Oh my gosh. So we didn't do a cake. So we completely cut that out of our budget. And then another thing that we decided to not do was florals, like bridal florals, or and we didn't have a bridal party. So we didn't have any expense of getting bridal party gifts or worrying about getting dresses for people or extra florals for any of that. I didn't carry a bouquet down the aisle. And then when it came to our table decor, we actually did minimum number of tables with different themes at each table. So it was less big florals and everything like that. So we, we kind of balanced out from the decoration perspective is we definitely wanted to create an ambiance and a really interesting feel. But at the same time as we started to kind of weigh, weigh the options from a price perspective of when is that magic tipping point where you're just kind of spending money to make it bigger versus you've reached that nice kind of vertex where it says, hey, this, this is going to tie everything together. But with the beauty of the huge windows overlooking the park that naturally comes with it, we felt we didn't have to spend as much in decorations because of just the natural beauty of the building. That's interesting. What did you decide to do for your table decor that was budget-friendly but set the ambiance? So what we ended up doing was, I think we had six tables, five or six tables, and each of the tables were themed after a different ride in the Magic Kingdom. So we had a Haunted Mansion table, we had a Jungle Cruise table, we had a Pirates of the Caribbean table. Um, and what, what we basically did was is we told the staff at Disney, just go with it. Don't let any of our input really hold you back, but give us lots of options. So what we were able to do was to help create the feel is each of the tables had a different style of chair, which there was a chair rental cost. But because that brought it in, as well as different linens, we then chose the smallest centerpiece of their options. So by doing that, we brought lots of color into the space, we lots of texture into the space, but then we decreased the actual size of the centerpiece. And often that centerpiece cost is where some of the larger single costs of a table, overall cost of a table lies. So we focused a lot on the linens and chairs, which then kind of naturally portrayed the ride and the centerpiece just kind of tied it all together, I would say. And I think there were different place settings as well different chargers different chargers on each of the tables 
Interesting. Okay. So can you give me a timeline of how your vow renewal day ran? Yeah, definitely. Our day was pretty unique because we spent the entire day together. So we woke up together. I went down for hair and makeup, I think at 630, nice and super early because we knew that hair and makeup was not going to be the reason that we ran behind schedule. So once my hair and makeup was done, uh, we got dressed together on our balcony at the Polynesian and it was really neat. It was really relaxing and it was exactly how I pictured getting ready. And then prior to our ceremony, we actually drove over to Saratoga Springs Resort to do some photos right by the water because Saratoga Springs is a place where we spent a lot of time early in our marriage and it's where we took our first vacation together. And I always pictured having photos right along the water overlooking Disney Springs. One of our overarching philosophies of the day was to make sure that we let a lot of time into the schedule. We didn't want to be rushed. We didn't want to feel that we were always looking for what was happening next. So we did photos, as Jen said, down at uh, Saratoga Springs. And then we actually came back and we had about 45 minutes just to relax. Jen had some makeup done, a little hair and touch up. Oh, she actually just brought it up on her computer so we can actually give you actual times here. So hair and makeup started for everyone at 6, 630 in the morning um, and ran for about two hours. We then got ready starting around nine o'clock and left about an hour to get dressed. So that gave plenty of time for the photographers. They go nice and slow. We left to Saratoga Springs around 10, 15, and then we had an hour of portraits at 10, 30, an hour of portraits at Saratoga coming back at noon. We then left an hour. And in that hour, Jen had her makeup touched up, guests were arriving, and then our ceremony was to schedule, scheduled to start at one o'clock. And we actually started seven minutes early according to the timestamps on the photos. The ceremony, we had the full 30 minutes, but we didn't use all of it. We used about 20 minutes of it, and then we did some family photos afterwards, which is about 10, 15 minutes. And again, since we only had about 25 people there, we ended up doing photos with everyone, which was nice. So we had a, a group of friends that we went scuba diving with all the time, so we did a photo with them people from work, things of that nature. And then what was important to us is we're big Dole Whip fans, big Dole Whip people. So we ended up getting Dole Whip. So everyone just walked over from the ceremony site, was led over by Disney over to the Dole Whip location, right by the main resort there, and got Dole Whip. And then there was a nice big break in the afternoon. It allowed people with kids to let, let the kids to go take a nap. It allowed people to hang out at a bar if they wanted to. So they were done Dole Whip by 2.30, 3 o'clock. And then the actual cocktail hour wasn't scheduled to start until about 5.30, 6 o'clock. So there again, it was about three hours in there. During those three hours, Jen and I, we did some more photos around the Polynesian. And we actually had two outfits for the day of to surprise our guests. So in that, in that gap, Jen actually had her hair completely redone. And um, we changed into our second outfits. And then it was great. We rode the monorail over, which was really, really cool. It was interesting because as we went up in just kind of wedding attire, people would congratulate and little kids thought that Jen was a princess, which was really fun. And we got on the monorail and we had some photos taken. And what was really interesting was everyone was super respectful. So they left the whole car to ourselves so we could have photos taken completely by ourselves, just guests, just seeing what was going on from the Polynesian uh, through the Grand Floridian, the Magic Kingdom, and then the whole way over to the Contemporary. 
And then they went right into right into cocktail hour. Dinner's at 6.30. Fireworks were at 8. Dessert was served right afterwards. And it was just hanging out and drinking and talking till about 11 o'clock. That's fantastic. So out of all of this, what ended up being your favorite memory of your vow renewal day? We spent a lot of time trying to pinpoint the exact favorite moment of the day. And it's a really difficult question to answer. But I think for us, the most memorable moment was walking into the ceremony. Because again, we can't do anything traditional. We actually escorted ourselves into the ceremony. Our guests were lined up with rose petals and showered us with rose petals as we walked in for the ceremony. And we invited everybody down to our ceremony space. And we actually performed our own ceremony because it was a vow renewal. It's not like someone was making us make promises to each other. We, we wrote our promises to each other and we reread our original vows and we had an addendum <laughs> to our vows and we reread parts of the ceremony. My dad married us 10 years ago and Travis's dad was his best man at the wedding 10 years ago. And since our wedding, we've lost both our dads. So to relive their words and relive their moments at the ceremony and just remind people that, you know, it's okay to be happy and it's okay to love and it's okay to celebrate something and just be there for your friends and family. And it was just, it was really magical just watching everybody be there and be present in the moment, which, you know, sometimes we aren't present anymore. Right. So then did anything go wrong with your day or just not turn out like you expected? Not necessarily. I mean, we were we we went into this with a very easygoing attitude. We've photographed over 250 weddings, so we always joke with our clients if it's 80% right, that's considered amazing. Mm. Um, so we went in very laid back. We did a ton of groundwork up front. We we thought about this and we we're thinking about it, and and I think the only thing was we rescorted over to. Over to the ceremony site. Oh, I remember what actually went wrong. Oh, okay. Do you know? Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. Go ahead. The escort cards for the tables never came in. Oh, that's right. So I have to say our Disney planner was an absolute fairy goddess through this entire thing because, you know, we had assigned specific tables to specific guests and um, I had the place card shipped to the resort. And when they got there, I got duplicates of many names and I was missing a ton of names. Hmm. So our Disney planner took the names that we had and went to her designer and got them to reprint and redesign the files that I had. And they magically made these missing table cards appear out of nowhere. Wow. Right. And, and you have to understand that they just weren't little cards you fold in half and wrote a name on. What Jen actually had done and designed by hand is every uh, escort card was actually... Um, on one side of it was actually the blueprints to the ride that the table was. And on the other side, um, it had our name and everything on it. And then it was their names are then gold inlaid into the cards. This wasn't just, you know, a piece of paper kind of folded in half. Um, and we had spare ones that were shipped, but you had to order them in a pretty big, large bulk number. So they took them and they they did it. They actually got the missing names on the cards um, and and, and put it all together. So I, I would say that was the biggest stressor, but it all came together. And I could definitely say that there's at one point we just kind of shrugged our shoulders and went, if, well, you know, if that's the only thing that happens, it's, it's escort cards. You know, we're going to put that in the win category. I totally forgot about Jet that Jen, that's, that was the stressor while we were there. That's right. 
Got it. So then there was nothing else that seemed like a big deal beforehand or you were worried about and then it turned out not to be? I don't think so. One of the things that we did and we were very fortunate enough to do is we put a lot of legwork in. So when I say that, it was one of these things where we ate at the California Grill before we signed up for all this. We wanted to experience it ourselves. We we asked for extra meetings with our wedding planner. It was one of these things where when they asked for decisions, I called them on the phone and I'd spend an hour talking them through with them, double checking and verifying. So it was definitely one of these, you know, it's what they say, it's a pound of preparation or an ounce of preparations worth a pound of results or, or one of those <laughs> those uh, lexiconical terms is is we definitely spent the time up front. And then we also, by having a very wide open schedule that helped reduce any risk is we weren't shuffling around and, and worrying about overrunning things. And then again, we, we played to the strong suits of what Disney does and to the strong suit of where we were having our reception. So for example is we knew that we knew that the California Grill had great food and we knew that what they're probably going to offer so why change it let them do what they do like don't mess with it. Um, we knew that the centerpieces that they were going to create we said don't do florals. They knew what they could get and they could put it together so let them do it and have it be a bit of a surprise. Don't necessarily be hyper focused on every single detail just kind of let Disney do it for you because that's what they specialized in. So kind of know what you're good at, outsource the rest, and then just kind of have faith that it's going to come out together. And then continually remember that you're there to renew your vows or get married. And that's the most important part of the whole thing. That's amazing advice. As photographers who have seen a ton of weddings, do you have any other advice for future couples who are planning a wedding or maybe considering a vow renewal at Disney? From a photography point of view, I always, always, always strongly recommend doing a first look and make it special. Make it unique to the two of you and don't let tradition get in the way of making a decision that could really make your wedding or vow renewal day memorable. Like for us, we decided to get ready together and we walked each other down the aisle and we performed our own ceremony and we changed outfits and we spent way too much time taking photos but our guests know that that's us. They wouldn't have expected us to show up in the same outfit at our reception as we did to our ceremony because our guests know us and they love us for all of our little quirks. So to allow your quirks to shine through really makes the day all about you guys and getting off on the right foot in your new adventure or old adventure or continuing adventures. And to kind of double down on what Jen said is make it unique, make it your own. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to spend a lot of money. I, I would almost argue that the weddings or people made it their own and they're unique. They actually didn't spend a lot of money. As a piece of that, what we always advise our clients, and we had to tell ourselves this too. Like sometimes mm -hmm. we had to literally take a step back and be like, well, what would we tell a client is after everything is over, what you remember is you remember how you felt on that day. You remember how your guests felt on that day. And it really is a series of feelings. So don't get hung up on the littlest of details because what's going to happen is then you, all you're going to remember is the negativity of that little detail versus the overall feeling of the day. And that's what we, we yearn for. So you can create things where like Dole Whip was important to us because it was cute and we liked it. So we had Dole Whip. Now, 
is it one of those things where the way it worked is everyone had to stand in the Dole Whip line and then you had to give them a token and you had to you had to handle that. But Disney was very well at counting the tokens and, you know, if they were not enough tokens, they came up to me. So there was little details. But again, the idea was that's okay. I wasn't looking for a, a Dole truck to roll up and we had our own private Dole experience that wasn't at all. Right. It was just that that experience that our guests could go from standing and experiencing this really cool ceremony to then having really playful Dole Whip. So you're, you're creating feelings and experiences. And as long as you make those continually unique to who you are, um, everything else just kind of falls into place. And don't, don't focus on the, the little negative things. Focus on the, the bigger pictures because that's what you can remember at the end of the day. That's great advice. And I realized now I didn't register that it wasn't just like, hey, everybody, go on your own, get a Dole Whip. It was actually a thing. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you incorporated Dole Whips into the day? So we had custom designed Dole Whip cards that our planner gave out to all of our guests. And we used it as a a way to get guests out of the ceremony space after we did photos. So once we finished photos, she handed them a Dole Whip card and they walked over to where the Dole Whip area is at the Polynesian So we could all enjoy like a post-ceremony treat because there was such a big break between our ceremony and our reception. It was really cool to have everybody there getting Dole Whip on a nice, uh, it was a beautiful sunny day. I think it was 72 degrees with a nice cool breeze blowing through the Polynesian. (laughs) And it's just something that we always get Dole Whip while we're there. So we wanted our guests, some of them who had never been to Disney World before, to enjoy the little things that we love to do every year when we go. What we also looked to do was create situations where people could spend time together and could hang out and talk. All of our friends were are very social. Some of them didn't know each other. So we wanted to create kind of like little mixer environments where sometimes at events, as soon as it ends, people would just kind of scatter to the wind because either they might feel uncomfortable or they don't know anybody. So what this did is it kind of helped keep people together and kind of like a good drink at a bar, but we were at the Polynesian. Everyone likes the Dole Whip. So everyone kind of had something in common to talk about and spend time together um, and kind of help break down any of those those barriers and get to know each other. So as we then went into cocktail and went into dinner, everyone felt a lot more comfortable. And we had some events earlier in the week as well. We kind of aligned a single event every day that people could choose to attend or not attend to, again, to create mixer moments or if they wanted to hang out, they could, but they didn't feel obligated either. Okay, got it. And I'm sorry to sound like I'm totally hung up on this Dole Whip thing, but how did it work with the cards? Were they prepaid gift cards? The actual like tactical way that it worked was we told Disney that this is what we wanted to do. When we went into this, we said, I don't want cake. I want Dole Whip. Ah. And they said, you're eating at the California Grill. You can't have Dole Whip. And I said, well that's not going to work. So how do we get Dole Whip into this? So it was essentially a compromise that after the ceremony, because we were at the Polynesian, it made the most sense to walk over. So what we did was I made cards that were fast pass tokens, um, the old school paper fast passes that said good for one Dole Whip on this date between these times. And our Disney planner had made arrangements with the Dole Whip place at the Polynesian that they would collect all the tickets. And then once the hour had passed when they were tickets were supposed to be turned in, they would charge our card for it. Got it. And then what they then did was is because of the way they have the contract and everything set up is they had an, an estimate of ahead of time. So as we were setting up all the contract, you know, we had 
25 people coming, you know, and it's one of those things where there's kids and someone's going to drop one or somebody wants two or whatever. So I think what we said was, well, let's just do, and they're, I mean, they were not expensive comparatively speaking. So I think we ended up saying, well, let's just pay for 35 and that way people can try and go crazy and have a good time. So they had 35 cards counted out and we used all of them because why not? But that's how we set it up contractually with them. And then those cards were counters. And if anyone's wondering, you must buy your photographer's Dole Whip. So we definitely bought the Roots a Dole Whip. <laughs> well, Jen and Travis, I think you've offered a lot of great tips and advice today for anyone who's considering a wedding or a vow renewal at Walt Disney World. And I appreciate your taking the time. Well, thank you so much for talking to us. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, Check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com. <laughs>